Well, it's time to discuss some of the big issues facing the world at the moment with the one and only Alex Selios from thebigsmoke.com.au. G'day, Alex. Hello, how are you? Um, I'm a little bit concerned, Alex, because uh, I was considering uh, doing one of these DNA tests through that Ancestry.com mob, but um, you've done some research into these DNA things and it, they might be a bit of a scam. The, the issue that we've got is we're finding more and more startups that claim to be able to uh, generate great knowledge from your DNA. And basically the idea is that it's a sector uh, where they can get insights into companies such as uh, Ancestry and 23andMe, and by uploading your raw genetic code, they can provide text files, uh, which you know gives information for medical conditions and mental illness to all sorts of things. Mm. Um, the, the problem is a lot of times these results can be wildly inaccurate, and often um, it's very difficult to use such samples. Um, to, to truly assess that information. So while for some people their results are off, off base and actually unhelpful, there are other things that can occur, such as errors where DNA granularity that scientists, great scientists, can't deliver. Um, you know, some startup hasn't been able to get on top of that themselves. Yeah, see, so, I've always questioned whether some mob that you send away you spit online to yeah. can tell you that you're 3% Chinese. You know, I, I just, I, I find that the, the results that they advertise seem to be just that little bit too detailed. Yes, and that's where a lot of criticisms are coming from. So um, one of the issues that we've seen is privacy um, concerns for Ancestry.com. And there has been a lot of discussion around the risks of sharing your DNA with consumer genetic testing startups. Mm. Um because the privacy risks are not completely known by consumers, but also um, federal governments and, and law enforcement can actually pressure these companies to give over that information yeah. about your DNA. So you're essentially giving these startups, you know, huge access to, to personal information um, that, that is really no business of anyone else's. But the, um, the concerns are startups, for example, in America, like there is one where they promise by giving a swab of your, of your spit um, they'll be able to determine whether or not your kid will grow up to be a great soccer player. I mean, the simplest <laughs> ways of, of, of trying to determine DNA um, and, and trying to, you know, understand the string of molecules that are part of the molecule, molecular components, I mean, that's very complicated. And it's not a one-size-fits-all approach where you, you know, swab your cheek and then send it off for $99 and there's DNA screening and, you know, they're giving you information that great cardiologists and neurologists and pediatricians can't give. I mean, it's pretty... Uh, one one um, doctor actually said it's like the horoscope mm. of um, the medical world because you're making these big promises um, about the future that, that where there's really very little scientific evidence to, to support it. It's the old saying, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah. Tell me, what are some of the weirdest Christmas gifts we'll be uh, receiving in 2019? Weird or exciting, depending on where you sit with this. So, for example, there's a new Dolly Parton Christmas fairy. Oh, that, that's exciting. That, I'd, I'd love that. I'd be into that, yeah. yeah. Um, there is a Vladimir Putin thong, so flip-flops with his face on it. <laughs> of course. Um, because remember how popular the Donald Trump toilet paper was? Yep. Yeah, so I'm thinking that this falls into that category. Um, for people who love Star Wars, there's a Darth Vader pot plant okay. um, that people can purchase. There are also, and this is one of my um, most interesting products that I saw, was Lady Macbeth's hand sanitizer, which I could see a kid giving to their English teacher. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. Uh, speaking of the Star Wars, I saw some Star Wars slow cookers online the other day. Oh, right. Yeah, so, you know, Darth Vader can cook your dinner for you. But, yeah, okay. Uh, the, well, yeah, look, I suppose one man's trash is another man's treasure, isn't it? And I think that what happens is these, these sort of gifts are really cheap and fun to do. So you buy them and you think the person's going to get a chuckle out of it. But, um, but you know, you can also annoy people by giving gifts like this <laughs> because they're pretty rubbish. But, the, but there's also a Glenn Close colouring book. Right, okay. Well, let's hope that it doesn't feature some of the scenes out of um, Fatal Attraction. Uh, yeah. Yeah, right, okay. Um, now, the Stefanovic brothers are not going to be happy about this at all, but Uber is going to start recording audio in cars. So this week we saw um, Uber lose their licence in London. So yeah. There have been a lot of issues around that and the way that they've dealt with a number of privacy concerns that have been consistently raised. The companies uh, faced a lot of criticism over the last few years, and now they're trying to show their good faith in fixing a lot of these issues, especially around um, safety in the cars, when we've heard stories where drivers or passengers each have different sides to a story around an incident. And so Uber have now said that they're going to allow you to record the audio during your rides. Now, they're going to issue what is essentially just a blanket warning to users about the possibility of recording in areas that are trialling the feature. The interesting thing is that the driver or the passenger can then record the audio without the other person knowing. Um, So, for example, if a driver is accused of misconduct, um, that recording could be useful or, you know, the other way around, if if the passenger's, you know, acting crazy, they can use that. so, so it becomes an issue. The problem is, again, with Uber, uh, with Uber, they don't really have a great grasp on how to deal with privacy matters um, in a way well, that... no, because recording, recording someone's audio in Australia without their knowledge is illegal. So the interesting thing about this is they're actually trialling this in Mexico and Brazil um, <laughs> because in America, when it comes to consent around audio recording, it actually varies depending on the state. So if they can get that over the line in America, uh, it wouldn't be too long before they roll it out here because they would have figured that part out. But, uh, but to, for now, it's limited to Mexico and Brazil. Okay. All right. Well, uh, look, I don't use Ubers anyway, and I probably won't be doing it in Mexico or Brazil anytime soon. But look, I, you, you know me well enough to know that I don't buy into this identity politics rubbish, but I imagine there's a bit more to it. Why are women changing their gender on Instagram to male? So this is um, an interesting issue around the reach of the um, of the Instagram. So basically what they've found is algorithms are very difficult to determine. So both Facebook and Instagram are, are less than um, transparent around how their algorithms work. But a lot of women who are maybe in the fitness industry, for example, um, they were getting their photos tagged as inappropriate even when it was just, for example, um, doing some weights but you happen to be wearing a crop top. Right. Or your stomach showing, or you're a dancer, or things like that. So they've been trying to cheat the algorithm um, by changing their gender to males in their bios so that the um, platform picks it up as a, a male's account. And they've found that the increase has, um, has, has of reach has been quite significant. So it, it's, I don't know whether it's an identity politics thing or it's an algorithm that's maybe a bit misguided. Um, it's a bit bizarre that an image could be less inappropriate if it was a male-owned account. Well, but, um, I, I imagine from the perspective that I know that um, uh, women can't post topless photos on Instagram, but I suppose men. a man can. So, yeah, right, hey, but, geez, I tell you what, it's a hell of a thing to do just so that you can well, post risque but, photos. Well, no, I don't think it's even risque photos. I think it's for people even, like I said, the, the fitness thing. Yeah. So they're dancers or they're trying to promote their businesses. Um, 
So that's where they're saying they're not. We're not really talking about the general public who's you know trying to look sexy on Instagram and getting. I'm talking like you know dancers that are promoting their their shows or mm. um, fitness instructors who are doing work yoga poses things like that. So, but you know what? Um, Facebook have said, and because they own Instagram, that they don't believe that the gender information from profiles have, has any impact on content. So. You know, that's what they're saying, but the, the people that have done it are saying that the data says otherwise. Yeah, okay. I love that. We don't believe. Well, hang on. You guys wrote the code. <laughs> Does it or not? Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Alex, always good to talk to you. We'll catch up again next week. Thank you so much. Alex Selios from thebigsmoke.com.au.